0: Welcome to the podcast that teaches you how to transform your life and your business. Here is your host, Rick Hyland, and this is CI for Life.
1: There's been so many people uh, getting excited about goals for 2021. Uh, You're among them, uh, lots of people online. So we're going to share this on Facebook and on my website. So but thanks for contributing. And I hope that each of you will share an example so that it's not just my example that we can then record and then share. So uh, you are rock stars or uh, podcasters or YouTubers today. Uh, and thanks for helping me. So um, what I felt was really important is to set this up and, and let's learn from 2020. Everybody talks about how hard 2020 was, but there's been lots of blessings and lots of gold as well, but lots of challenges as we all know. Even if you haven't had health uh, challenges, there's been lots of financial challenges and schooling and change and tons of change. So uh, what an important year to learn from. And so what I wanna do is kind of go through, uh, let's see if I can advance this slide. There we go. This is one of my favorite quotes. Uh, Nelson Mandela is one of my heroes. Uh, You guys I think know I served my mission in South Africa my mother's from South Africa. Cheryl and I have been back a couple of times. I just love the country and I love what Nelson Mandela did and basically avoided civil war and all sorts of things through forgiveness and humility and patience and endurance and all those things. But so I think it's apropos that this is his quote that I'll share to kind of as our theme for our call today. I never lose. I either win or learn. And, uh, he wasn't a braggart. And when he says that, remember he was in prison for what was it? 29 years. And so, uh, takes a lot of patience uh, to keep learning, keep learning till you eventually win. So I love that idea that we're either winning or learning. And that's a great mindset to have, even if, and, and Nelson Mandela had lots of trials and tribulations in his life. So I love it. I think he's uniquely qualified to be able to speak to this. Um, I never lose, I either win or learn. So the objectives of agenda for today, we're gonna to set up 2021 goal setting. Um, and the agenda is real briefly I think some of you have seen this in advance so hopefully you can help me with some of the examples section there on the second last agenda item and um, then I'll end with some next suggested next steps and how we set up 2021 benefits of doing this type of thing it just creates gratitude and a perspective of appreciation a great mindset to uh, find the gold in anything any anything that goes on and certainly 2020 has been a year of change Um, And uh, just as importantly, it generates ideas for goals for the following year. What was it? Uh, I think um, Einstein's been quoted with that saying that the definition of insanity is, you know, uh, how did he say it? It's
2: uh, doing the same thing over and over again, but expecting a different result. Thank
1: you, Laurie Allred. (laughs) Um, And and then finally, it solidifies the learning process. Um, I'd hate to think that we just go in cold to goal setting, Let's learn from last year, and it's all part of the context and perspective as we go. So um, how does a good year-end review work? Uh, Basically, and I'll give some pro tips or coaching notes, uh, so please don't be overwhelmed by this because you can certainly start with just one area, but I am suggesting that you look at all seven areas or seven areas. You may have an eighth. You may only do five. You may do one. But this is just to give you an example of some of the things you may look at to review in areas, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, relationship, work, and financial. You notice I broke out you know, emotional and relationship. I broke out work and financial because I think they really are different areas to review and different goals. You can, you know, hopefully you're developing different work streams of other than just your primary work uh, on the financial side to find financial security, for example. So I think it's important to, separate those out and then um, i'm suggesting ask four questions for each role what went well what were the highlights what were what are the blessings what are the things you're grateful for and um, i'm hopeful that you can share maybe one with me today and then what didn't go well what are some of the setbacks or areas for improvement um that are trials whatever word you want to go and then how can we learn from that more importantly and then what i'm hoping is i'm going to teach you the seven whys it's kind of based some of you might know five whys, maybe uh, uh, from business, you might know that as kind of a problem solving um, technique. Uh, I've got seven W's. You certainly don't have to use all seven W's to learn, but uh, what, what you'll see is, you know, rather than just saying, what did I learn from that highlight or that setback? Some of it needs a little deeper digging and so In that case, you can use seven or you can use four wise. at least dig a little deeper to find the goal, find the learnings in some of the trials or setbacks. And then, as always, you know, what are the actions from your learnings that are going to feed into your 2021 goal setting? Any comments, uh, outbursts, questions about that slide? Anything come to mind?
0: You know, in our business, we have a year end review process, uh, you know, obviously, the, and a performance review process where the managers meet with all their direct reports individually. And it's funny because the what went well and what didn't go well, uh, your two points there are, are a key elements of that review process. And you're right, they do, they have, they guide what, what is it that we think that we should do next year? Do we think it should be related to what didn't go well this year? <laughs> or do we yeah. just wanna forget about that, pretend that they're not related? The reality is they're very related. Yeah. Uh, so some, some familiar ingredients in there.
1: Yeah, my great point. This is very relevant to personal, family, small team or organization. You can apply these same principles as Mike is pointing out. And um, you know, there's a, I love the strength-based leadership um, Documentation and and uh, some of you guys know there's training around that there's books around that, and that really highlights you know what are you good at what are your strengths but I think it's just as important, to positively look at what didn't go well as well as Mike is saying to set up the next year rather than, out of context or not looking at it at all or so, something Rick that's been a little yeah. bit I would say problematic
0: in our business actually around this is that a lot of our employees have uh, annual goal agreements, uh, win, win agreements, you know, kind of rooted in Covey there yep. with a monetary bonus attached to it. Yep. And so when the year end comes around uh, a lot of these employees take a defensive posture, Yeah, uh, trying to move the goal posts to prove that everything that they did that year was actually correct. <laughs> and yeah. that they did achieve their goals because based on their ability to sell the fact that they did or didn't achieve their goals, it will amount to money that they may or may not get paid. And so it's interesting because that environment that we've set up actually doesn't lend itself to a very objective analysis of what didn't go well. Uh, what it does is That's lead. Great, Mike. People give them an incentive to not be very open about what didn't go well because it shows weakness and, and they may not get their full bonus. But in fact, they could be denying
1: themselves the very opportunity to address a weak point and to improve it. Yeah, Mike, that's a great point. And, and um, if at all possible, on a company corporate wise, I recommend to decouple the learning process from the bonus review process for that very reason. And it's not always possible. And maybe is too much work to do that. But if you can, the only way to really dig deep and learn and have people open is to decouple it. But I know that's hard to do, or it creates more, more work in there. But Okay, thank you, Mike. Any other insights uh, from the personal or company level from anyone on this slide? Okay, so here's some. Um, and again, I said that this doesn't have to be. You know, use all seven Ws uh, when you're learning from either a win or a setback. Um, it can be just ask the question. You know, what didn't go right, and what can I do differently next time? But with some more difficult issues it does take a little deeper so let me just kind of work through these seven areas and then get your feedback and then I'll share an example uh and then get uh, hopefully you guys sharing an example too and again don't doesn't have to be all seven w's but just something that you either experienced a success or a setback and what did you learn so just to review it very briefly for those really tough to solve issues those things that you really can't seem to solve very quickly, I suggest there's seven good W's. What was the original goal or expectation? That's a pretty simple one to start with. Why was that? This is probably one of the most important questions to ask. What is the reason this was so important to you? Because perhaps we can't do the goal in the original expectation form, but if you really understand the deeper reason, and I'll share an example of this in a second, then you can actually get, okay, well, I could do something differently to get at the real reason. So it uncovers and unearths greater possibility. So I'll share that an example if that's not clear right now. And then a real honest assessment. What was the result? What did I actually achieve versus the the goal and the expectation? And then uh, first a level analysis of why did you achieve those results? What happened? And then what I'm suggesting, question five may be extra if you already uh, got the gold out or the real answers to question four, but ask one more time, why else? Okay, so you answered it, I didn't get it because of this. Why else? Is there another reason? And try to get all the reasons down. That's why I'm adding that extra question in question five. And then number six, what can you do next time to improve your results? And I gave a little cue there, start, stop, continue. That's always a good way to think about it. Because there's some things I already started, I just need to continue, do more of. Or I need to start some behavior, or I need to start stop a behavior, in order to improve the results. And then question number seven is one of those additives. Dig a little deeper. What else? So you got the you got the cream on the top on what else you can do next time on your action plan. But what else can we doing? In particular, if you're doing this as a family or a small team. Um, that brainstorming of asking one more level question can get out some more gold rather than just the first response to the answer. So any uh, thoughts or feedback about this process, insights that you want to share?
0: I like your uh, doubling up on the questions with the else questions, the why else, what else, you know, uh, because it's so true. When you ask someone those questions, there's always another answer, uh, which means the story's not over. And so uh, until you run it dry, there there may be something more there. So I really like those uh, else questions because they do that for you. Also, your number two, um, I like that because a goal typically is a task that you want to get done because of some underlying reason. And quite often, once you've agreed that this is the task that we're going to do, the underlying purpose fades away and all focus is just on this task and doing this task. Maybe it's a big task the project and Sometimes while you're working on that task, the underlying purpose for it has changed. Um, But the focus is not on that. It's on the task that you said you'd get done. And you're so focused on it that in fact, you could consume, depending on what you're talking about, it could be hundreds, thousands of man hours consumed in some direction. Uh, And a question I like to ask when I see this happening is, sorry, what is it that we're trying to achieve right here? Yeah. Uh, and quite often when you ask that question, a person takes a step back and they look at it and they say, yeah, I see what you're saying, uh, because it, it might be just one layer back uh, that you need to step back to realize that, um, why was it that we were spending all this money doing this again? Yeah. And they might say, oh, because we needed." ah, oh, that's right. It's changed. To, or Yeah. You know, half right. Our office is empty. Yeah. We, we might actually not need that now.
1: Yeah, and, and that's a good way to put it. These these extra questions are help you get unstuck and go deeper. Uh, thanks, Mike Lovett. Anybody else with insights or questions, comments on this slide? Okay, so here's a couple of best practices. Um, I hope this hasn't been you know overwhelming. So I, I'm going to suggest that that's why I've done this. This is on December fourteenth, twenty twenty, that we're taping this. Um, I really suggest you take a week or two to do this exercise. Yeah. Take an hour and and you could literally do this exercise in an hour, but I really recommend that you come back to it in a few days after you've let it soak, after you've looked at your seven areas and asked what's gone well, what can you improve? And then, you know, what can I learn from it? Um, The other pro tip, if you will, that I'd suggest is that you ask help from experts, coaches, and trusted advisors or there's great books or YouTube videos today. You know, um, the example I just went through this year is um, I was a pretty lousy golfer and I started to golf a lot this year and I wasn't getting as uh, better, uh, which shocked me. And um, once I started to get some coaching by a really good golf pro and watch some YouTube videos, uh, my score started to get better. So there's a great book. I don't know if anybody, it's a first book recommend on today's Uh, call, but it's a book called Talent is Overrated by Jeff Colvin. I love it. And basically the premise of that book is, is that anybody can get better. It's not the purely intellect of how people get It's people that deliberate do deliberate practice. And he uses those two words very deliberately. It's one thing to work hard and practice. It's another thing to work smart. And he uses the word deliberate to mean It's got to be good practice. It's got to be the right practice in order to get better. And that golf example is a perfect example of that. I was practicing, but I was practicing the same old bad habits and the ball was hook, hook, hook. But once you get some expert insights and feedback and direction and coaching, you're able to get better. The example he shares in the book is uh, a Polish gentleman that (laughs) this is a true story that to put out an ad uh, for a wife to say, anyone want to get married? I want to raise three world-class chess champions. And uh, so uh, unbelievably so he got a response to that. And uh, this, um, his name was uh, Polzar, I believe. And uh, Polzar got uh, a response, got married, um, had three girls. And it was said in their library that they had um, over a thousand books on chess and they had chess masters coaching the girls. And long story short, uh, the girls turned out to be world-class chess champions. So the whole idea that with deliberate practice, you can develop improvement, maybe not expertise. I may not be Tiger Woods in my golf game, but I can show improvement through deliberate practice. And that's kind of the idea there. And and hopefully a takeaway on today's uh, call here. Pondering also, I have you think about sometimes to really tricky, deep uh, setbacks or problems. The answer isn't always evident. Sometimes it's real easy, right? Um, But sometimes it isn't always evident. Start with asking the right question and let your mind think on these big questions and come back to it over time. Uh, The one I had here is healthy eating. Um, You know, many of us struggle with how to eat properly, eat uh, appropriately. And um, the question that my sister, Tracy, taught me was, what can I do to treat food as a medicine, not as a comfort? And when you ask that question, answers uh, uh, start coming. And as you think and ponder about that, asking the right questions, you can sometimes really get some deep insights into what changed some very tricky habits. So anyhow, I'll take a breath here in a second, but let me finish this small last point, And then I want to get your insights on this to be added. Um, start small. We do not want to get your uh, frontal cortex all lit up and fight or flight here by, oh my goodness, Rick's suggesting this massive learning and goal setting process. Start small. Start with analyzing just one important role. We don't want to get you all stressed out, oh, this is going to be too much work. Uh, if it works for you and if you get your juices flowing, it, it, you can always start with look at the other role. So if, um, if this feels like a little bit overwhelming, I'd highly recommend you just start with one important role, one important area that you want to learn from, and then take that one area into goal setting in 2021. Because I often think too many, you know, people take on too much too fast and it overwhelms us. Um, and uh, that's what stops us from accomplishing our goals. So anyhow, let me take a breath there and uh, get anybody's insights and comments on this slide.
3: Yeah, I think the uh, deliberate effort uh, makes a lot of sense. And uh, starting small, Um, kind of responding to your request for anecdotes. um, Yes, please. I think uh, I recall recall, uh, my experience playing football. And as a football player, I uh, I was able to go to BYU and I was able to be a walk on there. And essentially what that means is um, I tried out. And they let me, you know, start essentially at the bottom rung of the team, and I was able to move my way on up slowly but surely. And it was definitely a long process, an arduous process. I was cut like two, three times, and so it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't a very straight path. And I definitely saw significant improvement as I stuck to it and, and kept at things. And I noticed that the the greatest improvement that I saw, and the most, uh, the fastest improvements that I saw, were came from when I was doing more deliberate practice and deliberately trying to focus and get down to that minute detail of, of okay, I need to have, to make sure that my helmet stays on this side of this guy's helmet on this specific play in this specific formation in this specific, you know, offense that are running or whatever it is. And so once I was able to drill it down to, to that level of minutia, I was able to build from skill or technique to other skill or technique and so i would go and in, into practice and say okay i'm going to do x and y today and it's going to be very specific you know i'm going to make sure that my helmet stays on this side for this play and that i keep my helmet in this place at this player make sure that my i get my hands where they need to be you know and on each play and um And so once I got it down to that level of minutiae and only focused on one or maybe two things every day to, to focus on, it was, it was a lot better and a lot faster that I saw the improvements come. And so I really like the, the idea of being very deliberate about it and getting down to some measurable, um, tasks that you can do to, to make those improvements and, and really really focusing in and digging in on those to make sure that you're, you're making the progress that you need to.
1: Yeah. Well said, James. And then just to put a bow around your BYU story, didn't you start the last couple of years and outside linebacker or inside? Where were you?
3: Yeah, I was eventually, um, I eventually did start and I actually was a team captain. So yeah, I think what a lot of guys saw there, cause it was, it was funny. I think my year there were maybe three or four of us team captains. So there were four team captains and I think three of us were walk-ons. And so, you know, people people recognized, uh, you know, the effort that we put in and the the improvements and the hard work and whatnot. And that was kind of the culture of our team. Love it. Great
1: example. Yeah, that's a fantastic example. Okay, um, let me, let's see, go back here. One more. Okay, so I think I have, yeah, this is, uh, this is and again, uh, in your examples, don't worry about answering all the seven whys, but as Mike and I already talked about, there's some value in some areas to dig a little deeper through some of the extra why or why else questions. But here's just an example of using the seven Ws. You can see the original goal here that Cheryl and I had this year was to make some trips to Canada, to visit our parents. They're aging, they're in their eighties. Uh, both sets of parents live a block apart and so it's been our tradition recently lately to try to do two or maybe three trips or they come down a third time and um we were not, unable to do that this year obviously and everyone's experienced on this call and the listeners uh, some isolation from family so this is the example that we had and then the second question is well why what was the original intent between making trips to the frozen tundra of uh, southern Alberta, Canada. And it was obviously the why was to connect with parents. So uh, as Mike illustrated earlier, and I did, uh, this is the real goal of by asking that extra question, we're able to find different solutions. So the real reason is to make connections. Uh, what was the result? We weren't able to travel to Canada, obviously, and the why and why else are the COVID-19 restrictions, the 14-day quarantines, Canada actually had a real lockdown as compared to even us here in the States. So uh, very difficult to travel. And um, this number six question here, what else can you do next time, is actually uh, during the year, we started to uh, do different behaviors and different habits to try to get back to question two. Why? Get the connection. So obviously we started with more phone calls and we taught them FaceTime. And then uh, uh, Zoom calls, in fact, oh my goodness, we've just had so much fun recently. We had a gratitude call with both of our parents, our kids, our grandkids on at the end of Thanksgiving, on the Sunday, Thanksgiving for an hour. And everyone shared um, on Zoom with our parents. It took a little uh, teaching to my parents in particular. I hope they're not listening, but I know my dad will. Um, And uh, we just enjoyed a great connection uh, with all of us together. Uh, sharing, you know, what we're grateful for in 2020. Uh, And then yesterday, my sister organized uh, one of our nieces is getting married and uh, Jessica Sheffield, uh, Jameson, uh, is getting married. And then um, uh, so we had a Zoom call meeting Jessica and uh, Havid and uh, we had the whole family on for about 75 minutes getting to know and asking many questions and having a lot of fun. So great ways using technology to make these connections Um, and then what's going on what else can we do well I'm currently they're big card game players and so I'm trying to set up the so we can Cheryl and I can be playing with our parents over the Christmas holidays some online card games uh, because that's one of the main things we do when we go (laughs) visit them so lots of things you can do originally we're very disappointed obviously they were there a lot of loneliness and and um, going on but uh, there is ways that uh, we as family and Cheryl and I in particular can make these connections going back to the real reason of why we set this goal in the first place. So anyhow, I hope that's illustrative and I um, hope my dad wasn't too embarrassed by me telling that Zoom call story. But okay, anybody else uh, want to share a kind of a learning from last year, either a success you had or a setback. And you, again, it doesn't have to be using all seven W's, but if you wouldn't mind sharing the story, who wants to start? I'll,
2: I'll share something quick. Thanks, Gary. Um, I, I agree with Mike. I think it's good to come back and, and ask, go back and ask why why else. Um, I think often for us, when we do go over the end of the year. And I think that sometimes we just want to hype ourselves up on what we accomplished. like because when you go back, you know, the saying that people overestimate what they can get done in a day, but underestimate what they can get done in a year. And so it's fun for us to go back and see, like, look at all the things that happened this year, like in a year, so much happens. And I think it's always been surprising to us to go back and see that, oh my gosh, so much happened. And there's so much that we can be happy about but it is really important to go back and go okay but what what could we have done better and to go back to your other slide one thing that that we try to do that we've gotten away from is um is that we go on quarterly goal setting dates where we go away and it's 24 hours and we really just grind out like what are we what are we trying to accomplish and that's been we the year we we've been doing it for several years but the year before we'd set such big goals that we were just in the grind of just trying to survive the two lofty goals that we set and so we kind of took a year off of like let's not even talk about it let's just get through this and anyway it was good to to come back and and get back on that um but for us, what some of the, you know, the results are that we do get a chance to, to reflect on what we're doing well and what we need to work on. Um, and that's been really good. That's been really good for us to do this, but I love this of, of you know, why else, the, the times that we missed it, why do we miss it? What we, can we do in the future? Because I can, it is really hard. Sometimes when you're not doing well at your goals, I don't even want to get together and talk about my goals because I feel like I'm failing at all of them.
1: So yeah. Yeah, I love that. it. Thank you for sharing that. I just want to pick up on your first point there that it's so important to recognize the gain versus the target or the, the yeah, I, I didn't hit my 100%, but I started at 20% and I achieved 60%. And so often we get discouraged that we didn't get to the 100% or do everything that we wanted. But I think it's really important in goal setting to recognize the gain off baseline. That is so motivational versus the other, as you said, if you, oh my goodness, I didn't do those two big goals, but I'm sure in those examples, you you had lots of gain and improvement. So I would encourage us all to think about that in 2021, because discouragement is a huge reason why people don't set goals. And um, if we honor more the gain and off baseline and off the start and remember it, as you said, it's such a powerful motivating experience to write down everything you did get. Even if you think, Oh, i really didn't do that much in 2020. But when you write it down, it's super motivating. Okay. Other examples. Thank you, Laurie. Jameson, Mike, Cheryl, any example you want to share here of the learning?
2: My well, I do-
0: uh, go ahead,
2: show. Well, I was just going to say um, just quickly, the fact to write the things down. I'm thinking of that right now because like, um, as far as exercise goes, I did it this year, but I couldn't go to the gym. And so I wasn't as motivated to push myself as hard. But um, I'm thinking about it thinking, but I still worked out. Maybe I didn't do as well as I do in the past, but um, so I like that idea of of looking at the previous year and really just focusing, um, you know, and being grateful for the things, all the things that we did do, um, be it not perfect or not. I like that idea.
1: Awesome. Thanks. Ann. Mike.
0: Uh, I was gonna say, um, I, uh, most of my mental energy looking at this slide was bouncing back and forth between number one and two where you know so, somebody's trying to, to do something your your item number 1 yeah. because of item number 2 the underlying thing and quite often uh, people bump up against some opposition as to why they can't do the thing and then all energies get backed up behind this whatever this blockage was uh, and, and the energy is consumed talking about how bad it is and how oh, can you believe it and, and really focusing on all the reasons why we can't get the thing done instead of refocusing the energy on, okay, well, if that's the case, how else could we get it done? And uh, the amount of times I find myself in a discussion with someone where all their energy is just orbiting the reason that something can't get done, uh, it, all that energy is such a waste because if they could just push the pause button and say, okay, I totally get what you're saying. That thing there, you're never gonna uh, beat that thing. But if there was a way over here on a different path to get to that underlying reason, what do you think? And and invariably, there is some solution. And the sooner you can nip that and repurpose the energy to all the reasons and ways that it could get done, uh, everyone will be that much better off. And so um, I do see so many people just giving up and you know we, we just finished our year-end reviews in our business and I was maybe involved in let's say the review of, of 25 different employees and going through their goals and there's many employees who same thing they got stuck up between the number one and the two they, they had something they wanted to do some opposition came up and here here's the reason it didn't get done as though somehow that's that's a reasonable explanation and you say well couldn't we have done this Yeah, I guess we could. (laughs) Almost like the focus was more around how quickly can I accumulate a good list of reasons why we didn't get this thing done. That's the reason that we didn't get it done, not because I, the responsible party, (laughs) didn't do my part, but look at these external factors that uh, were insurmountable. And so, um, yeah, just keep kind of on
1: that point. Yeah, Mike, you just hit a really couple of good hotspots there on goal setting, the the whole idea of victim mentality and spending all your energy to protect the ego and protect my ground that, you know, I'm not a bad person that I didn't accomplish this goal at work or at home. And it was because of somebody else or something else. And to your point, and I'll use the word acceptance, the quicker you can accept and feel safe and deflect the ego and accept what happened and, and be realistic and honest, the quicker you can change. But if you, you're you putting all your, and I love your word, energy, all your energy into protecting and justifying and rationalizing all those big words that are so powerful in our mind, then you won't be able to move on and make a big difference in your family, your personal life and your company. So,
0: wow. Like a personal
1: wow. thing uh, from my own, that, that I like a goal, that I was supposed to achieve
0: last year and did not. And I'll hang myself out here on this one. Cause I, cause I did this, <laughs> this last year yeah. I had a goal, and the goal last year, this particular goal was to travel down to the U S uh, on a benchmarking trip to a uh, different business, but who we're friendly with and they were going to give me the inside track on their operations and go through their locations. And I was going to bring a small group of people with me and this could be a pretty significant project. Well, As COVID started to expand and travel started to become a problem, uh, it started to seem that that this project probably couldn't get done. And we knew that this project had potential to to yield some significant improvement opportunities in our business, because this other business is more advanced than us in this particular area. And when it started to look like, hey, um, we might not be able to do this, it would have been easy to say, oh. COVID, not gonna be able to get this done. And so on the first pass, uh, some people were saying that. They're saying, oh, the benchmarking trip, it can't happen, it can't happen. So we talked to the guys down there and we said, look, the physical travel can't happen, but you know what? I was physically gonna come there and ask you a hundred questions and I did write down and I do know what all the questions are. And so maybe you can take some pictures and we can have a chat, like maybe we can still get there, right? And so we got them to agree um, that we could do a virtual version of what we had intended to do. So we didn't get caught in this trap of, can't get it done because COVID stopped us. But what inevitably happened is we didn't get it done. We got halfway, we got them to agree, we got to agree. Then our schedules, everyone got kind of busy. And then we all fell back on this, ah, COVID. It won't
1: be as good if we just do it. We started looking
0: at this big opposition and so when I look at my year in review and I look at, okay, that item, that was a big item. Yes. Some opposition came. Yes. We thought we were smart because we thought of a way that we could still achieve it. And yet that we allowed that opposition to kind of come back around behind us and pull us down. And in the end, we kind of rationalized to ourselves that really, you know, COVID was the real reason that we didn't get this done, but it really is not. It really, it really was not. Um, it just, mm-hmm. uh, Example of how, uh, how we fall into that. Because in fact, if I really look right now, year in review, hindsight's twenty twenty saying say, how many hours of my time would it have taken to really put that virtual benchmarking trip together, actually get it done? Probably under 20 hours. Did I have 20 hours in my last, you know, whatever six month period in which this should have happened that I could have done that? Absolutely, I did. Uh, and so why did it not happen? Not because of COVID. Had nothing to do with COVID. It had to do with discipline and priorities and all these other things that are the opportunities to improve,
1: right? Well said. Thank you for uh, sharing an example. Uh, that was, uh, and be nice to my friend, friend Mike Levitt. I know you were busy with other priorities. So, um, Jameson, an example or insights around learning?
3: Yeah, I think um... I think asking the the why else is, is really important and what else. Um, I'm just thinking of this year <laughs> as a family goal to, to help uh, develop relationships amongst ourselves, we had a goal of, of getting to the beach. Um, I think it was like 52 times, or was it, no, it was, 20, was it 26? 26 or 52 times, either way we are gonna go, no, it was 52 times, we are gonna go once a week. Um, and COVID hit and everything was restricted and so it kind of it kind of got bogged down and then um, obviously we were fear, fearful of going to the beach if there was any you know if there were any people there we didn't want to come across any people and obviously as things uh, turned well not turned around but as we learned more about the the issue um, and learned about how it's transmitted et cetera, et cetera, people were able to go back to the beaches and it was safer and it was considered uh, more doable, and, and um, my wife and I eventually decided that you know, okay, so we've missed a good chunk of this year, but we can still we can still good. make it out. And then once we once we did that, uh, we got to step six, and what can we do next time? And fortunately, the year wasn't over, and so we we said, okay, so what can we do? All right, so one of the benefits of having the COVID restrictions is that I'm working from home since I'm working from home, I can work remotely because I can work remotely. I can just do work in the car. I can do work at the beach. I can do work wherever. And so we could also, you know, head to the beach on a weekday. I could do my work. The kids could play. And then once work is done, I could, you know, hop out of the car and we could hang out at the beach until, you know, sunset or whatever. And so we've managed to get pretty dang close, um, with our, with our beach days, despite, um, despite COVID. And So, yeah, I agree. Once you really get past that, the excuses and start to think critically about your current predicament and how to make things work, you know, you you can find a way and you become more creative. And I I understand that sometimes it's just not possible, but in a lot of circumstances, you can definitely, you know, get work or make workarounds or, or find different ways to, to make it happen.
1: That is another great example. I love that we're talking about personal family work examples and Jameson that's an awesome one because too many times people wake up halfway through the year dust off their goals out of their desk blow it off and say oh crap I didn't do that because of this and and COVID would have been a perfect excuse and rather than you know give up on your goals say okay well what can we do differently uh or wait till next January to set a new goal I love it um that you didn't fight the urge to uh let the excuses ride and find a different way to make it happen. Um, Cause we can find gold in all the change um, that we're about. So well said, really appreciate you guys joining me, sharing examples. Um, looking forward to recording this and getting this out. Let me just finish with uh, five quick points on next steps for our listeners. I hope that you'll finish your year end in review exercise as we've outlined it here today for between now and December 31st and then start setting and start thinking about 2021. And um, I'll set out a template, a PDF for a uh, framework that you can use or partially use, whatever works for you for ci for life subscribers. So if you're not a subscriber, go into wwwciforlife.org, subscribe and you'll get that. Um, and then also we're gonna do a 30 day challenge to get goals off and running in January. And uh, I've set up a Facebook site. There's about 50 plus people on there already. Uh, it's called crush your goals under CI for life or continuous improvement for life. And, and we're going to do, uh, updates and set and do something, uh, for 30 days to get our, one of our goals or actually maybe two, we don't want to overwhelm the system, but something you want to start and what something you want to stop for 30 days, we're all going to monitor it together and give each other updates and, uh, crush your goals and get off to a great start in January. So a lot of things to look forward to there. And then, um. Uh, A small ask, if people can, if you're getting the Audible book of Live Your Purpose, uh, please give me a rating on that, or if you're getting an Amazon copy, give me a, I I didn't realize uh, how authors uh, live off these uh, Amazon ratings, so please uh, take time to give me that if you don't mind. And I do have a couple of free Audible copies of Live Your Purpose available, and Chapter Eight is all about this goal-setting process that we're talking about setting up in 2021 so special thanks to our guests mike levitt jameson fraser cheryl highland and laurie allred i really appreciate you guys joining me until next time this has been a continuous improvement for life production have a great day